1933. My daddy owns the globe. The whole of America is abuzz with talk of expeditions to the Antarctic. Look at this, Jim. The Adelaide Penguin. So delicate, so fragile, so unique. Hand me the easel jar. Starkweather and Moore lead a group of scientists, engineers and journalists to investigate the ill-fated Miskatonic expedition and try to understand the massive mountains found on the ice. Are these instruments right? RPGMP3.com presents an iconic adventure from Chaosium based on the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Are the Marcus? Journey Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Click beep. I hate that bitch. <laughs> it's always a good start. Two seconds in. <laughs> it's always you. It's absolutely always you. Well, we are having cock fun at Neds and we're out of the store. Actually, to be honest, yeah, to be honest, it's it's better. So you don't have little children and people coming in in the middle of the cock fun? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a bit better for, for atmosphere and stuff, you know? I'm going to run out of the cock fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we have at least another five so minutes. Have, as long as you want cock fun, we're here to accept it. It's fine. That's uh, Right. Okay. This is session one of Beyond the Mountains of Madness. BTMON. 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 Bottom. <laughs> right. So we can have cock or bomb fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have generated characters last session, and you're all happy, and you've all read those wonderful, that particularly articulate handout readings that we had. It's a Boeing plane, okay? I love the. Well, they loved the Boeing plane. They particularly liked how it was. They were, you were going somewhere woolly. They like that a lot. <laughs> well, you need wool to be warm. Yes, you will. Yeah, this is true. But more furs, I would suspect, inside your parkas. 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 All right. So, who have I got again? I need, I need your character names just off the Ned. Tracy Watkins. Oh, yes, Tracy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> is that Tracy with an I? No, okay. <laughs> David. Jim Hawk. Rock Hard Cheese. Nicole Wellbridge. That's right. Nicole Wellbridge. And Linz. Jenna Tatum Brown. Jenna Tatum. Again. Tatum. <laughs> Not like it's my Brown. name for like a modern game or anything. <laughs> I have two names that I use for everything. Quillen is like my fantasy name, and Jenna Tatum Brown is my non-fantasy name. Is that except for when it's um, Phelan Hilltopple, oh, yeah, like, Best Halfling in the World? <laughs> no, Best Halfling in the World is part of the name. <laughs> I'm just catching parts of this prison break. I'm just catching parts of it over David's ear and it looks particularly homoerotic as that guy with no top on is dancing around. Never watched it. He's quite oily though. Yeah, you see? It's what happens in prison. They just give them oil. Keeps no, them quiet. No, they're in a prison where uh, there's pretty much no air conditioning. Alright. So they're sweating profusely for like the past week. Is this the second season? Yeah. Second or third? Season. Is he, in a, is he in the same prison? Different no, no. prison. Different prison that we got in Panama. Uh, and he was put in prison. I have to say, we never really watched it. Another thing we missed in the transition. So, right. You're like a pilot guy. What do you do? You're a mining engineer. Oh, yeah, you're a mining engineer. He's a miner. You're a photographer. 
you're a journalist. He's only 11 years old. <laughs> Are you 11, David? No, I'm 28. 28, a veritable bairn. Are you going to knit while we play cock? <laughs> That's how boring it is. I'm sorry. Okay. Where were we? It is. A knit on the bottom. He's going to knit. It's jolly good. She's going to knit. You're right, you'll be glad of Lindsay's scarf when you're in the Arctic. <laughs> that has a lot Nobody of, will of holes in it. will find you either way. <laughs> the holes are on purpose, Right. Not in the Arctic, there shouldn't be any holes. There's no holes. It's just wool. It's the nature of the beast. It's 1933. Yay. It's 1933. Yep. Around May time, the papers start publishing news of an Arctic expedition. The Starkweather Moor expedition to the Antarctic. All very exciting. Generally, there's a big spreads of... A man called Starkweather stood in various heroic poses, sometimes with dog teams, sometimes in Arctic gear, you know, looking particularly heroic. It's clearly obviously a set at this point, but it's all good. It looks very good. People are getting excited. The press are on board. Around the same time, Daddy owns the globe. I like that. Around the same time, Ned, you get a phone call. Hello? Hi, hello. Is that uh, Tracy Watkins? Yes, it is. I'm uh, calling. Good, good. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm William Moore, Mr. Watkins. I'm, um, I'm part of the Arctic, Antarctic expedition that... Um, that, that is, is, is going to the Antarctic um, at the end of this year. And, and we're wondering, um, you, are, you are a skilled pilot, are you not? Yes, I am. And, and I believe your, your father was, was um, well, previously attended on uh, an Antarctic expedition, the rather um, ill-fated Miskatonic expedition, some uh, three if years you ago. you mean he died, yeah. Yes, well, well <laughs> Mr Starkweather and I were wondering, um, as, as you are a skilled pilot and an engineer of some note... We, we were wondering if you'd be interested in coming along and, well, assisting us in, in our... Well, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to at least interview for the position on, 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 the, on the expedition. Sounds good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I'll, I'll contact you later, but um, um, we, we were, we're doing um, interviews in New York in, in July. Would you, would you be okay to get there? Yeah, I think I can find a flight. Good. Good, good. That, that will be good. Uh, I'll, I'll contact you with um, further details at a later time. But, uh, but, but thank you, Mr. Watkins. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly speak to you soon. Okay, and your name was? Was, was Professor Moore. Professor Fre- Moore. William Moore. Professor William Moore. All right. You have a good day, Mr. Moore. Th- thank you. Thank you. Right. He was English and very nervous. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> You get the impression he wasn't particularly good or uncomfortable on the phone. Because they're quite a reasonably new. They're not been around all that long. People still communicate by wire. The letter. Apparently so. Okay. The by the way, what you missed was the weird cord cat was reaching up and pouring the inside of the work surface slightly to the <laughs> the weird pawed cat is just pointing at him oh, and he hello. is like freaking rant. Did you find my bag to sit on, silly cat? Yes, you have. 
Yes, you cats have. Cats are allowed to be celebrities on the audio. Yeah, role players and cats go well together. We, we but Ned, Ned's cats are freaky. Uh, Hello, there? freaky weird cat. It looks <laughs> like it's got mittens on. What are they called again? Hemingway cats? Yes. Yep. This is Maureen. He's a Hemingway cat. and looks like he has mittens on. Shake my hand. Shake my hand. <laughs> Damn it, shake it. I will train you to shake my hand. I have 17 chapters with which to train you to shake my hand. <laughs> shake and then I've got Roxy who sleep on my role-playing bag. Aww. And then they're super bad. That's really I can't believe you called your kitten super bad. They're the ones McLovin'. <laughs> McLovin'. Who's got a bit of a chest infection? Yeah. It's too much heavy breathing now. Too much heavy breathing. Well, his brother in the uh, Pet Smart was uh, really, really sick. Mm. And they kept them together. It was like, what? I don't think that, yeah. So. I think Pet Smart is a lot of great places. Too. For, uh, yeah? McLovin'. I like that. It's funny. Well, the big thing was one of the reasons why we called it McLovin was the cat sold itself to us. Right. It was up against the glass, going like this. And Give it up. Yeah. I, I'm the one you want. No, I'm the one you want. Come on. <laughs> That's funny. So, did you get him and Super Bad at the same time? Yeah. It was two for one, so. Two for one? Really? They were trying to get rid of the cats. They, oh, yeah. They, they always have that special. That's cool. You buy one, you get another one free. <laughs> get, to, get, to, get them the hell out of here. <laughs> buy one, get one free on cats. I suppose if you're hungry, it's not a bad deal. <laughs> Obviously, Hal is only joking. Is you would never come down kitten eating. Well, they did ban some Chinese places from going there now. <laughs> 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 And what's funny is it actually might be true. <laughs> Probably. What's, it's what's scary. What's that uh, weird owl song? Cats in the kettle at the Peking Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, by the way. No, Lindsay doesn't know anything. No, no. no not at all. Right, David. just blurted that out so fast. <laughs> you didn't know. Lindsay knows nothing about any of that sort of stuff. I know nothing about nothing. No, that, that, that would be geek culture, and she wouldn't know anything about that. All right. Hello, you pushcat. So, David, a phone rings for you. I have a phone. You have a phone. It's amazing. Well, it's at He work. doesn't know how to use it. It's at your He's work. <laughs> it's at your workplace. Which is probably a mine, wherever you are. <laughs> Where are you? Probably working. All right. Then your phone rings. Huh. Are you that stupid? <laughs> Hello. 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 Ah. Ah, is that Jim Hawk? Yeah. Jim. Jim, I have a wonderful thing for you. I can't do an American accent to save my life. Give me, give me, some, give me some American. Not Aww. Texan. No, not Texan. He's not Texan. I don't know. I know, no, I can't. I, can't yeah. <laughs> I used to do a fantastic, like, New York. You have a job. I have a Texan accent now. <laughs> well. Who? Yeah. Well, a little bit. Yeah, well, a little yeah. bit. Oh, God. <laughs> I couldn't noticeably tell you were different from most of the other people. I didn't have one when I moved here. Did anyone actually get born here? It's a few. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not me. Not you. Who were you born? Vietnam. Okay. You don't have a Vietnamese <laughs> accent. <laughs> no, I was two by the time I got back. Yeah. I got over here. That's cool. Exciting. That is exciting. There you go. Tidbits from Ned. I knew there was he is a super spy. Did you, you have a Vietnamese spy? Do you have a right to a Vietnamese passport and all that deal? Mm, 
Yeah, that's cool. So your parents are American, were they working over there? Or are they Vietnamese? No, it was. Um, you don't look I was adopted. Are you still there? Hey? I think you fainted. Hello? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! I'm. Um. <laughs> You're gonna have to make him English at some point because you can't. You can't keep no. an American. Mr. Hawk, I have uh, an excellent opportunity for you. Is this a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my secretary. <laughs> that was a manly secretary. Yeah, yeah. He's called Tracy. No. <laughs> yeah. Well. You may have read in the papers about the Antarctic expedition. Uh-huh. That's my expedition, and I want you on board. I hear you're great at mining and all that engineering stuff, and we really ain't keen on that. You, we need somebody like you. There's going to be blowing up of stuff and digging and drilling, and you need to be coming. You really do. And we'd yeah. like to interview you for the post. Obviously, there's other mining engineers who are in the running, but I think you've got a good chance. You had me at explosion. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's my kind of, kind of man. Yeah, yeah. We can't really pay you much. In fact, well, we ain't really paying at all. But your bed, well, your cot in the tent, and all the trip there will be well paid for. And you'll get to see the Antarctic, and it's all good. And we'll, we'll provide the dynamite and the drills and all the stuff you might need. Sure. Great. Well, we need to meet you in New York. Can you get to New York? Good try. In July. What month is it now? May, Mr. Hawk. It's May. That's two months away, Mr. Hawk. Yeah, I get you a bright that. one. I heard that. You come highly recommended. I'll be there. Great. Right. I'll send you more details by letter. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you in New York then, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, good. Click. Oh my god. Doesn't anybody say bye? That was awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I'm so glad I chose not to run this game. What can I do? The Texans have invaded my American brain. You should have heard my awful attempt at um, what? Yeah, could you give him a jersey Yeah, he's English. Joyzy. Joyzy. <laughs> I think Jim's been possessed by somebody from like Goodfellas there. <laughs> oh, they don't they don't know that background. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know that background. Well we do know. It's been open now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry there, Mr. Soprano. <laughs> You're part of the family man. <laughs> my dad used one to, of the families my dad used to know some guy called Luigi who was Sicilian and part of the family apparently but Luigi could do anything mm. if, if he wanted to which was very strange just like John Mack <laughs> <laughs> you know the blokes are in Ireland hello you're a good cat so then yes you get called into your father's office Hello, Jenna. <laughs> How are you, Daddy? I'm good, Jenna. Um, 
It's come to my attention that your um, reporting has dropped slightly over the past, well, couple of months. It's, uh, <laughs> who's been telling tales on me? I've been doing a really good job. I've been reading, Jenna. I've been reading. Um, no one really cares about what hat someone's wearing or what shoes someone's wearing. They really it's want the news, Jenna. That is the news. I sent you to report a fire and you come back with some report of how nice firemen are. Hang on, what the hell is this? They all... Uh, I wonder if it was animated. Yeah. It, it, it's CG. It's oh, the no, CG mixed with the live acting. Like reporting what the hell's on the telly. Sorry. <laughs> I want to see that. It is. They put the people in like uh, the green suits. I didn't realize it was animated. And made it animated, but they had their... Uh, face movement and stuff so it looks The problem cool. is now I think that all animation if they're going to go down that route should be as good as that Spirits Within movie and, and that just wasn't because that Spirits Within movie was freakily good not for plot but for animation we like that a lot yes sorry yes um, well you know the firemen are all very nice there but we were wanting to report on the fire you know, three people died and it's kind of a footnote but it's a good memorial to them that what was being worn around the time of their death has been recorded Yes, dear, that's right. Now, I have an opportunity for you. Oh, right. Yes, okay. we're going to be sending you to the Antarctic. Which streets are Yeah, it's it's all the way up north. Quite the month. South. Quite a long way. Is it unlike Lexington? <laughs> all the way up north. He's American. Look at this He doesn't know any geography. Is it on you want to piss? Lexington, North sir? Pole. Keep hey, going. I'm sure I've heard of a place. <laughs> 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 around. Yes, there might have been a seafood restaurant called the Antarctic, but this is the real Antarctic. Penguins, you know? I'm not quite sure I The snow. You. I'll show you a picture. There you go. Look. See this man here, Mr. Starkweather? Yes. And Mr. Moore? He's very nice. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, an older kind of fashion. Yeah. Mr. Starkweather? Yes. Yes, you stay the hell away from him, Jenna. And, um, well, you're going on his expedition to the Antarctic, and you're going to do some reporting. Okay, um... It's not my normal uh, No, no, but it's a good opportunity to broaden your horizons, get out in the world, experience something, and then, then, well, come on back, and then you'll be a real reporter. Other reporters will take you seriously, and you won't get all the crappy news stories about costumes. But they do take me seriously. Yes, yes, Jenna, they do. Yes, but this, this is a big opportunity they for you. They'll pat me on the shoulder and say, well done. Yes, of course, yes. You do actually very good for this article... The general. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's stupid. Oh my gosh, it says it's pink in the photo, but it's actually like grey. There's no colour photo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where did she get the pink from? I don't know. Danny, what, do I really have to go? Well, it'll be really cold, and it, it, the cold does nothing for my complexion. It'll be a brilliant experience for you. It'll get to see a wider world. It's an opportunity for a young lady. I had to hag- haggle with Mr. Starkweather an awful lot. He wanted a minute. I have to pay $2,000 to send you there. You don't have to go, but it would be a brilliant experience. You could come back. You're only going to be up there six months or so. Six months? How long does it take to get there? Well, a little while. A few weeks. By but, ship. But all, all of the... Society events of the season, and I'll, I'll miss them all. Yes, yes, you will. You can have a little party up with the penguins. Down with the penguins. Doesn't really matter if it's a ball. <laughs> with the penguins. Um, can it, I think about it? Yes, of course you can. We'll be sending that um, that Nicole woman, the, the new photographer, with you. Oh. Do you, you know? have to? I'm afraid so, yes. She's quite good at this kind of landscape stuff, so I hear. She's a bit common, though. Well, yes, she's that as well. She really doesn't have an idea for fashion. 
Yeah. Well, perhaps you could teach him. You've got plenty of time on the boat. Good, good, good. You need to go and talk to Mr. Starkweather and Mr. Moore in July in New York. Well, we're already in New York, but, well, yes. <laughs> Up till then, you can do what you like. Can I do some more fashionable Of course I can. really think that I'm, I'm, I'm getting... We need something. Yes, of course. Off you go. Go for bottom fashion. <laughs> Off you go. Good. I've been dismissed. <laughs> yes, yes, you have. <laughs> I go away. Look, she tripped over her scarf again. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a scarf, it's a sash. <laughs> well, that, uh, I'm sorry, that's the fashion. <laughs> it's the fashion. I like that. So, what are you doing in the time between the phone call slash talk with your... No, she's already in. She gets a letter. Okay, okay. Nicole, come in. Yes. Right. Um, you're going to the Antarctic with my daughter. Do I have to? You don't have to, but if you don't, then, well... You're fired. Oh, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. It's a good opportunity. It's only six months, and there'll be some fantastic opportunities for photographs. But do I have to go with her? Yes, yes, you do, I'm afraid. Well, more to keep an eye on her, really, and take some photos, and make sure she actually writes something about penguins, not about the asses of the people who are on the expedition. Okay. Good. I'm pretty certain that by the time she gets back, she'll be a damn fine reporter. She has the potential in her, she just needs the opportunities. No, I don't have the potential, I'm really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. She likes you. I'm stupid, vain, and really, really dim. He's trying to give you the opportunity. Okay. To, to prove to yourself. Not at all. Okay. I thought he was trying to get rid of me. Not at all, he would never do that. Daddy loves you very much. He's trying to give you an opportunity to be taken seriously so that when he dies from the incoming heart attack, he's, that you're, you're in a position to take over the business. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Okay. So, yes, uh, you'll be meeting with Mr. Starkweather and Mr. Moore in uh, some hotel downtown um, in September. No, July. <laughs> Sorry, my apologies. July. I'll be ready. Good. Uh, you'll be going with my daughter. I think it's some kind of interview. He just wants to see who's there. Basically, we've paid your passage. You're costing us $2,000, so you best get some bloody good pictures. Will do. Good. Good, good. You may want to talk to my daughter about it. Make sure she doesn't take any fashionable furry boots or anything. Oh, I have furry boots as well. <laughs> <laughs> she <missed> nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So you're in like a white Cossack hat and... About. Right, okay. Anybody doing anything in the interim between having the chat, finding out they're going, or opportunity to go, and actually going to New York to meet? You guys get a letter telling you um, where you need to be going. Pardon me, and when. Oh, I've got the hiccups, so that's not good. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Apparently, uh, yeah, it causes all kinds of problems and the stains on the, um, carpet. Oh, right. Your letter says... <laughs> That's what we hired you for. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll, try not to, I'll try not to evacuate every orifice when I expire. Actually, I will. I'll try to aim it right to the carpet. Not we can always blame it on the cat. The cat was not quite in with you. <laughs> 
So, uh, your two letters state that uh, you will be meeting with Mr. Starkweather and Mr. Moore in a room at the Amherst Hotel on 44th Street in Manhattan. A room on the fifth floor of the hotel. Okay. And that you're to attend at some point in July, and if you could wire them with uh, when you're going to arrive, they will uh, be expecting you. You also get the same letter handed to you by your dad and still share it with that Nicole photographer woman. Do I have to? Yes. Do I really have to take her with me? Jenna, yes. She's just holding me back, you know. I know. Well, she's a better photographer than you. But, but, but <laughs> there's nothing to take photos off in the Arctic. Anyway, I looked it up in books and it's just full of snow. Yes, but there's some wonderful things to take pictures of. But they won't come out because it's all white. Yes, but you're going to be there. Really? I don't know if there is something in the Antarctic. <laughs> They're in one and not the other. Yes. Remember. There's definitely penguins. There's definitely penguins, yes. <laughs> I've been looking it up. I've been doing lots of research, Daddy. That's good. Very good, Jenna. Um, so, yes, when you go and take the call down to the Amherst Hotel to meet Mr. Starkweather, you can tell him all about it. I'm sure he'll be very interested. Well, oh, also, have to. also take this check to him as well. That's an awful lot of money. Though. Yes, yes, Jenna, it is. Are we donating? Are we like? Are they going to name the ship after us or something? Well, they might give you if you find something. Perhaps <gasps> the, the the Royal Jenna. That sounds like a brilliant name for a ship. Yes, doesn't it? Perhaps when you get back, I'll buy you one. <gasps> Thank you, Daddy. I've always wanted my own ship ever since. I've always wanted one of my own ship. Yes. Yes. Ever since uh, three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, mining boy. Get your head back in the ground, mining boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mining ball. Oh, you lost count of your knitting. <laughs> One, two, three, seven. Boat. <laughs> okay, Jenna, off you go. Thank you, Daddy. That's all right. Pick up that Nicole, woman on the weird. <sighs> yes, Daddy. And don't lose the check. Put it in your bag. Yes, Daddy. Good. I've Thank only you. lost a few checks. And yes, well, this one's very... very this one's very large and it's a cashier's check, so make sure you don't lose it. Just because I lost a check and found a nice hat doesn't mean... <laughs> Who's doing what? Is anybody doing anything in the interim between the two times? No, no, no. no. Well, <laughs> I was researching fashion in the Antarctic. Yeah. You find out that fashion in the Antarctic generally consists of wearing great, big, ugly-looking things covered in fur that are designed to keep you warm and are not particularly fashionable at all. I'll go and find um, somebody that makes... Oh, my God, you're going to get designer. Clothing and stuff, yeah. And say, right, I have to go to the Antarctic, but I'm damn sure I'm going to look best in the party, so I need to make me a, a, a whole wardrobe of furs and things, and they all have to be white. Uh-huh. Yeah, so all those penguins can fight over you. <laughs> Here you go. Antarctic clothing. I know, I know what Antarctic clothing looks like. Do you really? Antarctic clothing. I love how the guy in the picture has a monocle. Mm. I think that's particularly good. So he's going to show up in a monocle. <laughs> yeah. But but Miss Tatum Brown, um, you 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 actually want disclosing to survive in the Antarctic? 
Well, that's kind of less important than it actually looking good, obviously, oh, but Daddy would be very disappointed if I died in the Antarctic. It would be scandalous for him. But, but uh, Miss Tatton Brown, we are uh, designers of fine fashion. We do not create practical clothing for the Antarctic. How much money will it take? To make Antarctic clothing? Yes. Lots of uh, My daddy owns the globe, you know. Yes, I know, Miss Tatton Brown. We are building many times. He is very prompt in payment. And yep. The letters he sends us saying not to serve you is uh, getting quite insistent. Well, if you don't make me what I'm asking for, I'll tell everybody that you're not that you're not helping. I'm yes, Miss Tatton Brown. We... And I'm obviously the head of. Yes, the yes, we understand your sway with the with the socialite community. We will, of course, make the clothes for you as always. What colours would you like? White, please. Possibly with an ice, ice blue to complement. Ice it. blue and white, Miss Tazen Brown. How about a little pink in there? Mm, as long as it's not too... Um, I don't want to be too girly. I want to look like I can pull my weight. Right then. So serious looking clothing in white and ice brown? Yes. Fur, of course. Ah, yes. My apologies. My English is not so good. I just said yes. <laughs> The English is not so good. No, I apologize. The ash brown below like the dream tent, I suspect. You don't want to be that color. Ice blue and white. Yes, yes, ice blue. Yes. Make sure that everything is of the highest standard because sometimes, to be quite honest, your clothing is below the standard that is acceptable. Miss, Miss Tatum Brown, for, for this kind of clothing, we are going to have to add sauce to an Antarctic supplier. That's fine. I've uh, got uh, plenty of time. Are you going with the Stark Weathermore expedition? Of course I am. Oh, very good. That's very How exciting. else do you think that they've managed to get this much press already? That's very exciting, Miss Tatum Brown. Yes. Oh, I will have to tell everyone. How many of your friends already know? Um, it, it's a bit of a secret at the moment. Ah, yes. If you comes out that the great socialite whose father owns the globe is going to the great Antarctic, oh, you will bring back many a story, I am sure. Yes, well, make sure that I look the part, then. That's down to you. Yes, of course I will, yes. Um, give me a month. Okay. Come back in a month. Bill Daddy, will you? Of course I will. He's good. I hate having to carry money around with me. So spend it. <laughs> it's because she spends it. She needed to spend it. Daddy ends so up there. What colour is ice brown? <laughs> ice brown. Um, you know what colour? There you go. Look. It's like Ned's iced tea here. It's brown. That's ice brown. Okay. Well done. Ice brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you said. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. <laughs> that was my accent. <laughs> That's why I started crying. Yeah, we accidentally oh thought you said it. <laughs> and then she said yes, and it just made me snap. Nice brown, you dullard. <laughs> dullard. I like that, dullard. <laughs> the knitting is attacking Vecna's casserole dish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone doing anything else other than getting fashionable Antarctic wear? Letting my boss know I'm taking vacation. Very good. Um, you go tell him. Hi, lads, what are you doing? I have to take vacation in July. Oh, hi, where are you going? Someone called, wanted me to go on something to the Arctic. That, that start weather expedition? Probably. Well, they're going for like eight months. I have no idea. What the hell am I going to do without you for eight months? Use Johnny. Yeah, alright then. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Don't die in nothing. 
G-Things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone doing anything else in those two months? Or are you just going to arrive in New York? Well, I'll be prepping my plane for the flight over. Yep. You're not flying yourself? No. Where are you going? Myself. Cool. My little Well, yes, you're independently plane. wealthy, aren't you? You're flying, yeah. What are you doing with that? He likes playing with his balls. Yeah, a big red ball. <laughs> it's because I play too much. It's red because you play too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's nasty beyond the... That's nasty beyond the Your nasty. Your mom's going to beat you later. Yep. <laughs> you why I have the ball, I can chuck what are you it doing? What are you doing a lot that makes your balls red exactly? Yeah. It just... <laughs> I, think I think it's time for some. Oh my in- god! Do I not want to hear this conversation? I think it's time for some English cookies. English cookies. Oh, it's not English. Unfortunately, they're American cookies. <laughs> they're made made by the English, but unfortunately, very American. If they're made by the English, they're English cookies. That that half cookie there, I had the other half off, so I'll have that half now. Thank you kindly. Hours I slaved over a stove with those. Hours. I did. Hours. So you broke it apart, you laid it in the pan, stuck it in, and you went to set down. <laughs> it was like a big sausage. You had to cut it up into lumps and squidge it down. Oh, that's really hard. I love American cooking. It's so good. Some people say, oh, yeah, I baked these from scratch from the thing in the... Yeah. <laughs> I've been baking. No, you haven't. You've been to the shop. From the, from the frozen dough. Yeah, I've actually cooked. I do actually bake as well. Because if you really made it from scratch, it would take a while. No, it wouldn't really. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> really? Baking really not that difficult. Lindsay can bake. My granddad was a baker. But if you don't have everything, you have to go out and buy everything. That's how you get it beforehand. It's cheaper to make your own. Exactly. What if it's spontaneous cooking? <laughs> Like, oh my god, what if I put like NMMs inside a cookie? <laughs> oh, oh no, how awful. Ah, crap. So um, you're, you're just eating cookies and talking trash in those two months, yeah? Alright, very good. Who's going to want to be first to arrive in New York and go to the Amherst Hotel? I'm going to be fashionably late. I figured you would be. So I'm going to wait outside the door for her and then go in. <laughs> <laughs> we're all having different times. Yep, so you're all having individual I'll be there first. Okay. You arrive in New York in July. Um, yeah, it is. The city simmers under a wave of heavy, wet heat, which wilts shirt collars and hat brims and makes everyone uncomfortable. Outdoors, an occasional fitful breeze shifts litter on the sidewalk. Indoors, there's no relief at all, because air conditioning doesn't exist yet. Woof! Awfully hot. You arrive outside the Amherst Hotel on 44th Street in Manhattan. It is a large, luxurious building. Um, you understand that they're on the fifth, fifth floor. Fifth floor. Alright. You walk into the massive lobby.
Well, at least they picked a nice hotel. Lovely, lovely hotel. Very nice. I walk up to the counter. There's a little clerk man there with little glasses on. Very smartly dressed. Ah, sir, how can I help you? I'm Tracy Watkins. Uh-huh. I had a reservation. Are you staying here, sir? Uh, yes, I'm with the Moore Expedition. Oh, yes, sir. Mr. Moore, you're one of his interviewees. Do you yes. have a room booked for the evening? Uh, I should. Really? Uh, hold on. Did you book a room in advance? Yeah. Okay. Then yes, you are. My butler would have. Here you are, sir. If you're assigned there, please. Is he called Jeeves? <laughs> no, it's Alfred. Alfred. Because he's Batman. You go. <laughs> you missed that, didn't you? But Ned's Batman. <laughs> the rich guy whose family's died. Ned's character's Batman. I like that. Funny. So, um, I'll call up for um, to let them know you're on your way. If you want to go up to the fifth floor, they're uh, in the suite there. Okay. You have someone get my bags? Yes, sir. Here we are. Very good. You're on the fourth floor, sir. Head up to the fifth floor. Okay. There's one door to the suite, and the rest of the corridor heads off down. We've got odd rooms off of it. Knock on the door. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. The door opens, and there's a, a small, dapperly dressed man with a goatee beard. Answering the door. Ah, you must be, um, Mr. Watkins, the pilot. Uh, my name is uh, Professor Moore. Pleased to meet you. Shake your hand. you. Very good. Come on in, come on in. Uh, Mr. Starkweather's inside here. Do you have any references? Or resume, or anything like that? Oh, very good. have a briefcase. Ah, it's good to see a man who's organised with these kind of ventures. Come along in. He takes you into the, um, it's like a large sitting room as part of the suite. And um, he offers you a seat. Would you like a drink, sir? Yes, very good. Yes. Um, He wanders over and brings you back a scotch. What the heck was that? Mr. Starkweather's just in the other room. You hear shouting on the telephone about organising the goddamn ship. And then uh, you, uh, you see a telephone receiver is heavily slammed down, and uh, a man stalks in. Yeah, everybody likes dark weather. God damn it, William! God damn it! Boat! <sighs> he walks. Ah! Oh! Uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. It's Sean Connery. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. It's turned Scottish. <laughs> I don't It's Conry. <laughs> don't do that. We'll do Billy Conley. Billy Conley! <laughs> do you know who Billy Conley is? No. Oh. <laughs> He's a Scottish comedian. What's he been in? He's been in movies. Yeah. The Man Who Sued God. Mm-hmm. That was a very small movie and wouldn't have made it over here. Yeah. If it didn't make it over here... He wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> he might have done. Uh-uh. Oh, I can't remember what else he's doing. Look him up. He's funny and crazy. Mm. Oh, he was in Timeline. You haven't seen that either, have you? Timeline? What have you seen? What? <laughs> now I've got a Scottish accent in my head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can you get me a can from the fridge, sweetie? Is it your last time, Dale? Well, I'm jammed in. I would never say that, my darling. I would never lie to you, my darling. Nope, I've still got stuff in my head. princess. Am I that mean? That's all you didn't right. Put them in a bag very well, did you? No, I just chucked them in. That's very. Thank you. Oh, you like it, uh, lizards? Yeah, I just fired the bitch. <laughs> I like that. That, that was funny. funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Even though it was wasted on us. <laughs> it went. <laughs> I, I think our acting talent is just wasted. <laughs> I think mine is too. I've got this massive skill for accents. And it's just not appreciated. Right. <laughs> you can do Transylvanian very well. So yeah. I'm trying to do every other accent. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican. Viacan. Uh, Aren't you funny? <laughs> <laughs> I can do most accents. I just choose not to. Got a bit of cockful on the duvet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is so mean to put porn on what we're trying to Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Good god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's sudden impact. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's a girl, it's not his knob end. It's just disgusting. Terrible. <laughs> Such a lad down. <laughs> You can watch it, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Don't change it now. No, it's fine, really. We're all interested in that. <laughs> yep. Sure. Must have been uncomfortable with a gun down the front of his pants, though, wasn't it, really? It depends. So, which, which one is this, then, um, William? This is um, this is um, Mr. Mr. Watkins. Mr. Watkins. Yes, my father was on the previous expedition. Ah, excellent, excellent. Do sit down. <laughs> I am sitting down. Ah, yes, there you are. So <laughs> you are. Maybe I should sit down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just had a huge <laughs> argument with the crew. Uh, one of the. Uh, Apparently three of the crew of the ship have decided that they want more pay and it's just not going to happen. It just can't happen. We can't squeeze any more money out of this expedition. How much more do you need? Uh, we'll manage. We'll manage. We'll get it when the press starts to pick us up. Oh yeah, which uh, press are you talking about? The papers. You know, the papers. You're taking press people with us? Yes, of course we are. Yes, we've got um, some some woman from the Globe. I'm happy taking a woman, I must say. She's very well. Her writing's rather fashionable, I must say. But um, her name's not Jenny, is it? Jenna. Yes, Tatum Brown. Her daddy owns the Globe. Apparently. Oh, you're bringing the princess. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> I assume you've heard of her in social circles. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, very yes. much so. That's uh, interesting. Yes. Um, well. I'm not happy taking a woman. I don't really think they can carry their weight in the Antarctic. Now I've got two coming from the press. So, that one's not really oh, we get it. 
photographers. Hasn't she got an appearance of four? Yes. No wonder she took up a career where there's something in front of her face most of the right. time. Put <laughs> a black curtain over the back. Put <laughs> a black curtain over, over the big punched back. Nobbly arms. <laughs> Damn it, you've seen through my flimsy plot. <laughs> what would you like to play next? What do I get for women, Well, you are in the cock house. Ned's crack house. <laughs> oh, it's Ned's cock house. No, it's cra- Ned's crack house. Ned's cock you win that cock. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Mrs. So uh, yes, uh, there's women coming. I'm afraid. Um, I think they're they're rather um, well ill-suited to an expedition of this kind. I think there should be men, men. To be honest, all about men and great adventures in the ark. Men striving and straining against nature. And women are just a distraction, quite frankly. And she's stuck up. Well, yes, I have heard that too. But her father paid a great deal of money to have her sent there, so what can I do? They're also paying for some photographer woman to go as well. We do need photographs. Should we actually excavate or dig up anything that's worthwhile? Which of course we will, because we're men in the Antarctic. It's all good. Big adventure. Radio. Yes. So, um, <laughs> your specialist areas, I understand, are piloting, and you're a bit of a, a, bit of a climber, adventurer type. Like myself, an adventurer. Yes, you, uh... you should be American. You didn't start American. Give me American. <laughs> Again. No, no, proper American. I don't know. <laughs> Comedy American. You're surrounded by Americans, and yet you can't get the English bird to give you an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you see how you do it. Hang on. Did you get it? Here it is. That's Chinese. Oh. Can't sound like Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, he definitely can't be Dirty Harry. So, um, yes. T- t- I think he's just going to have to be... Yeah. Tell me about your qualifications. Um, oh, very good. Lots I graduated from Manchester. Very good. Uh, fine um, university, I hear. Oh, the very best. It's not its wank was that day. Said a voice from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Some recruiter's voice comes floating back from the year 2007. Um, I understand you're independently wealthy, eh? Yes. Some inheritance from your father, I assume, once he was Partially, found. and then uh, I built Bahana with uh, my... Uh, Skills as a hooded crime fighter. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, um, good. Um, what kind of planes can you fly? All kinds. Um, many of them in 1932. No. Props. Ah, very good. We're taking, um, some Boeing 247s. <laughs> Sorry. Boeing. Boeing. Sorry. <laughs> that was harking back to things I've It's code, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> going to some place it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I need to bring my wooly. I need to bring my wooly. Oh my god. That made me laugh hard. Made lots of people laugh hard. Civil props. Um, yeah, you should, be, you should be fine. Drive boats. Do you excuse me? Have you ever met um, Douglas Halperin? He's a pilot. He's one of the ones that we've already uh, hired. Some note, apparently. He's, um, well, he's pretty decent as a pilot. One of our mechanics as well. I think you'll be working with him quite closely. I think I trained him. That's quite possible, I suppose. He's only uh, 30. He looks at you with a, with a, a raises his eye. <laughs> well, he was a slow learner. Ah, okay, yes. Uh, mm. Yes. Mm. Right, we've also got uh, Ralph DeWitt coming as well. He's um, one of the, one of the uh, pilots from the Great War, you know. He's got some uh, aircraft skills, but uh, also very skilled with the aerial machine gun, so I hear. Not very useful for us, but uh, yeah. he's been... Uh, useful in the Antarctic. Have you counted him? He's a, he's a notable barnstormer and stunt pilot. Test pilot of some kind of... Somebody in the hotel room next door. <laughs> 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 Just ignore Dirty Harry, he's next door in the hotel room. Atmosphere. <laughs> it is New York. It is, it's the 1930s as well, so we're alright. <laughs> Get up, <him>, Pugsley. <laughs> Get up, <him>, Pugsley. <laughs> You're a strip. <laughs> the princess has snorted. <laughs> That's funny. He's a cute little piggy! <laughs> Is that going to be deaf and pale? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yes! Are you making fun of the woman with the sharp pointy sticks? <laughs> One for each eye. <coughs> I attempt to feed out of class. Yes, uh, DeWitt is a barnstormer and stunt pilot. Um, he's a bit of a hot dog, but apparently he shows looking forward to piloting against the winds. Oh, he's. Uh, we've done our fair share of flying together. Good, good. It's always nice to know people um, who are going with you to a, a place of high adventure and great opportunities about climbing and exploration to see things no other person has seen. What a wonderful opportunity to be men on the ice with a few women to carry the bags. Radio. <laughs> so, yes, you're in then, yes? Oh, very much so. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, you can either hang around with us here. Um, we're due to leave in September. We'll be gathering here September time. All together as a big group to prepare the ship, to check everything's okay, check all the shipments, get the hell out of here. Also, there'll be some press stuff to do, I suppose. You're quite famous, aren't you? Oh, yes. In some circles. That'll be fine. I'll have uh, plenty to do here. and uh, Good, good. I'll, uh, plenty I'll... of places to show up and... Show off. Hey! Oh, bomber jacket, goggles. <laughs> and people to catch. I like that. Cool. Very good, very good. <laughs> very good. Good, good, good. Right, you're off. Who's next? 
Ooh. Oh, very good. <laughs> it's, it's the monkey miner. Probably. You arrive in New York. It is extremely hot and sticky. Blisteringly hot. People are walking around with their ties slightly undone. and It's hot. You know, Good thing stung. I my overalls. <laughs> dripping grease as you walk down the street. New York's quite clean for an interview. Very good. So, you turn up at the Amherst Hotel. It's very nice. Very good. Very, very opulent. Opulent. Big chandeliers. You're so going to get kicked out. The the doorman on the door sort of looks at you. Um, are you you, uh, looking for anyone particular, sir? People going to the Arctic. Ah, yes, sir. Are you um, involved in that at all? Yeah. Why are you here? Because they wanted me to come. Ah, you're here for one of the interviews. Very good, sir. Go check in at the desk over there. <coughs> right. Head over to the desk. There's a little smart-dressed guy with tiny little glasses. Right. Ah, sir. How can I help you? You have to check in? Yes. Very good. You have a room booked? No. Would you like to book a room, sir? We have a few spare. Sure. Very good. That will be uh, $250 a night. <laughs> you probably can, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a night, are you? <laughs> Very good, sir. You could sign here. I keep thinking of that stupid, horrible 1408 film. Oh, yeah. You're in room 1408, <laughs> sir. Okay. Very good. You're never getting out. Where is the room for the Arctic expedition? Yes, yes. Fifth floor, sir. I understand. Uh, you must be... Um, uh, he picks out a list. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hawk, perhaps? Yeah. Very good. You are expected, sir. If you're not to go up to the fifth floor, the suite is just opposite the elevator. Okay. Very good. And here's your yeah. keys, sir. Your bags will be taken up. Do you have any bags, sir? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any bags? Yeah. Your bags will be in your room when you get there, sir. I'll uh, call Mr. Starkweather and Mr. Moore and uh, let them know to expect you. Good. Good. Hello, freaky cat. Hello, freaky pussycat. They're the start of tentacles. You think? <laughs> your cat's cthulhu. I like this one that sat on my bag. Your cat's sat tentacular. There. Hey? Tentacular. Tentacular cat. Ten- it's a tentacular spectacular. I'll head up to the room. Ready? Big door. Stop sniffing my shoes, you weirdo. Very good. <laughs> <coughs> a little wiry man opens the door. Ah, um, you had to service something. <laughs> well, if it pays money, probably. <laughs> Can I help you? You do the Arctic thing, right? Yes, yes, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm Professor Professor Moore. Hawk. Jim Hawk. Oh, Mr. Hawk. <laughs> yes, pleased to meet you. My apologies. You're um, you're uh, rather um. Yes, let's just go in, shall we? Okay. Good. Come along. Sit down. Would you like a drink? You look like a, a beer man. No, I'm good. No beer. No, I'm good. It's rather hot. It's quite cold. It is. It's really hot. It's cold. And no alcohol. He's minor. <laughs> <laughs> How many 
many times have you been wanting to slap that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I like the scarf's red. It's not going to do you much in the Antarctic, but it's pretty cool. Don't attack the shiny polar bear. Is it for your mummy? You make the scarf's for your mummy. Very good. So, um, yes, um, this is uh, this is Mr. Starkweather. Mr. Starkweather stands up. Hi. Pleased to meet you. Jolly good. Hello. Hello. He's going with more English. Hi. Hi. There we go. Hi. So you're a, you're a, you're a grease monkey. No. Nobody listening to this is going to have any idea which character you're playing because you're actually going to have So pick one and stick to it because you sound oh. like some loving multiple personality. <laughs> hey! Hello! Hey! Once you get the extra exposition, there's 30 characters other than you. We're going to be like the Chinese guy, the Rastafarian guy. The... Hello, I am from Transylvania. My name is... That'll be everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> They're all from one town. Ha, you're the, the man. <laughs> yeah? Where'd the other guy go? <laughs> <laughs> I only have He's really crafty. Yeah. That was my secretary, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got a resume? Um. That's a handkerchief. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I see you wrote it on the back of a daddy's napkin. That's really nice. I am a miner. <laughs> I like to blow things up. I am good at it. Signed, Mr. Hawk. Fabulous, yeah. Oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> the person that hired me last number, you could call him. Yeah, we spoke to him. We were surprised he'd let you off so easy. As you come quite highly recommended. You are good at your job, ain't you? No one's trying to hoodwink me into accepting someone who's a bit crazy or anything. No, I'm good at my job. Good. So, yeah, mining, yeah? Mm-hmm. Drilling? Yep. Cool. You're going to be using the, the Pabodi drill. You know what that is? You had some experience? It's specifically designed for being put together in the Antarctic. Being dragged by dog sled from place to place. It's really light. Very good. Professor Pabodi made it for the Miskatonic expedition. God rest their souls. <laughs> they died? Mostly, yeah. You know, know mostly about mostly die. Some of them made it back. <laughs> but a good amount of them, yeah, they died. A horrible storm, they said. Rush through the camp. We're going to be going near there. We're going to be trying to find out what went wrong. Because there were some great things. They found some wonderful stuff, apparently. Big cave filled with all kinds of weird stuff. All kinds of ancient artifacts and all that malarkey, you know? All that doohickeys and what have you. So am I the only one? No, you're being interviewed here, son. Everybody else? Yeah, we got some good ones. Some great folks. You'll like them. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be stuck there for many, many months. We got some women coming. You got a problem with that? 
not something to look at when you're on a break. That is good. I like that. Positive. Can't carry shit, can't work for shit, but, well, when we get them up there, they can just stand there and look perky. I like that. I understand this tatten brown woman is some kind of fashionista. Who ah! <laughs> <laughs> just assaulted me from elsewhere. Ethereally. Through, through her clairvoyant, probably. I like your character already. <laughs> Not <role> playing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were. It's spookily familiar. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're welcome aboard. Um, we've got lots of adventures in the Antarctic up ahead. Uh, September. We're going to meet here, all of us, and we're going to have a big meeting and start stocking the ship and doing all that business. What do you reckon? Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. You gonna hang around till then? Sure. Yeah, it's pretty expensive in this hotel. Yeah. You may want to look at... Uh, Smaller. More appropriate accommodation. Perhaps Mr. Moore here can recommend some boarding houses. Can you? <laughs> yes, yes, um, I'll look into it. Yes, I'll, I'll give you some uh, details. Or soup kitchen. <laughs> There's a nice box under a bridge, just over there. <laughs> oh my god, she's getting outfitted for her interview. <laughs> oh, really? It's been bloody cold today, I have to say. This is not the weather that was in the brochure. I was promised warm all year. We you get here. <laughs> what did you get? You get it here. Felt good. You get here. It was good. You get here, and all the Texans are like, "Yeah, we don't have no seasons. We're hot all the time." It's like, "Fuck that! It's fucking freezing, you stupid." Fucking seasons. It's hot in the summer, and now it's cold. That's what seasons are. Hello. That's ours. <laughs> Mad. Sorry. Yeah, apologies to anyone who might be texting in the room. <laughs> For the awful accent more than anything. That would be those two. We were, we were out yesterday, and it was like 70 degrees yesterday morning, and we were out quite late last night walking across a blooming car park, and it was no it was no more than like 48 degrees. It, it was, was bloody freezing. freezing. Mm. My toes were like, I've got, I've got knee high socks. I, had to say, I, I actually wore proper shoes for the first time in about six months yesterday. I have knee high socks. No, I haven't got them on anymore because I couldn't be asked. I broke out my new jacket yesterday. Yeah, Is it like dinner suit jacket, like a bow tie kind of deal? No, an actual. Great big, I'm going fantastic puffer jacket style thing. No, more like a wind blazer. Ah, I see. I broke out my scarf. Yeah, Lindsay got a scarf out. Wait till she gets her hat and gloves out, then you know it's winter. <laughs> We're going to have to get them out. <laughs> Where is it? That'd be for one day. <laughs> I'm already this cold here. be in February. Yeah. It'll be freezing when I go home. No, it was ice in January here last year. Yeah. This year. We saw it. Lindsay has pictures. Michael pulls that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Folks skidding all over the bridges. <laughs> I love that. Oh, no, there's bad driving conditions. What should I do? I'll run faster. Ah! Yeah. I'll get home quicker. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Lindsay on my cast. I think she's great. Just so everyone knows. Is that because I did your homework for you the other day? Yes, Lindsay did my homework while I was role-playing. What a loving and caring wife you are. <laughs> Tell the truth. You did. I did your homework you while you were role-playing. You did half of my homework. I did half of your homework, yes. 
Ironically, I was writing a girl's perspective of role-playing while my husband was role-playing and I was doing his homework. It was good. It's going to be good when we finally do the digital story from script. I think I have to put in an edit this week. So we may have to cut it down a bit. We have to read it through and check out blends and stuff. But nobody criticised the English. The thing is, everything that's wrong in the paper is going to be her fault. It's actually two halves. <laughs> and her half was very good, apparently. They didn't, they didn't go, they said, oh, pal, yours is very well written and honest, did they? No, no, they didn't. Lindsay's is apparently very well written and honest. Bloody <laughs> role players, I'm sick of them. That's pretty I much it. I say that I met nice ones in Texas. But everybody else was created. Anyway, yes. So, yeah, uh, we're going to be heading out in September, and we're, we're going to be taking some mining equipment. So where's this cheap hotel? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mo wanders off and starts rifling through some papers on the desk. You may want to make yourself uh, familiar with the, the Pabodi drill. Uh, you're going to be putting it together out there and taking it apart and, you know, using it. It's quite good, apparently. So I hear Okay. Yeah. Um, he comes along and hands you a packet. Um, it's like a piece of. Ah, oh, my fucking! <laughs> Crap! It's New York. <laughs> New York. <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, Professor Mo hands you a packet about the Pabodi drill, and he also hands you a couple of cards. <laughs> he hands you a couple of cards about um, possible boarding houses in the city. Righto. Very good. We shall see you in September. If you give us your address here in the city, we'll uh, get in touch with you when we're getting together. Okay, I'll come back and hand it to you when I find whatever I'm doing. Great. Cool. Dirty Harry's left the building. Do you? feel bad now. <laughs> you? What? I don't know. What are you doing now? It fitting really well. It was like a drive-by shooting <laughs> in New York. <laughs> 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 it, gave, it gave the depth and atmosphere. That was really good. <laughs> I love that. Now, now all we need is once we're out. I always sound sarcastic. Yes, you always sound sarcastic. Sorry, when, when, when it fits. No. The only thing is, it was 1933, so your office would be located next to a speakeasy. Yeah. It's currently being raided by the FBI. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now all we need is for when when your character's in Malins. Um, that, that Jim's watching something about 1930s body dancers or something. So. There you go. <laughs> and then when you get to the Antarctic, we need to be watching something about penguins, but not happy feet. <laughs> you loved that movie, didn't you? Lindsay cried at happy feet. No, I cried at how shit it got. You cried at happy feet. What was that one? Uh, I don't think I did. You did. It was Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on a plane? No, Mars <laughs> of the Penguins. Oh, March of the March Penguins. Of the penguins. No, no Farce of the Penguins. Farce of the Penguins. Farce of the Penguins. Written by Bob Saget. Oh, dear. It's basically March of the Penguins. Didn't he? Didn't he? Oh, no, it was Morgan Freeman that narrated the Yeah, it was Morgan Freeman that did the original. I don't know, I never saw it. It wasn't just some penguins. Wasn't it just like a nature program? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But made it as a film for some reason. Right. It was about all the uh, penguins, the uh, marching emperor penguins, and their march to get their horn on. Yeah, yeah. There's a really funny TV. Get it on! But when, uh, uh, they, they got all these different comedians together so to play 
different parts of uh, the penguins. So they would. That's but they're giving away one and they had like a little CGI one that did like a little tap dance in the back garden under the washing hole. <laughs> and you like, you liked Happy Feet for that reason, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that was it, yeah, because the penguins went, da da! <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you're so cute. You are cute. Queen of Piggy! Can do. Are we intermissioning? Um, yeah. Taking an intermission. Ned's <laughs> <laughs> off for a bio break. Okay, we'll intermission. Move. And we're back from intermission, ladies and gentlemen. Was it good? Breath of fresh air, any good? Yeah. Well, there's blooming freezing out there still. Super bad is no, so cool. Not. Super bad is cool. But remember, women get plus one daggers if they go out in the cold. <laughs> He's such a big porn star, isn't he? Trust him to notice stuff like that. I never notice your boobs. I never anything like that. Anyway, that no. This is a general fact. <laughs> That's where they learn to do wield. <laughs> do wield. <laughs> you weren't doing too much I have a cup of tea now. Yeah, I'm happy. They get really happy and they go sing, 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 and they get dual strength. Oh my god, you're gonna have fun when you try and have a girlfriend. <laughs> Let's hope she's a gamer. She's gonna beat you from catches. They're gonna have horny, horny gamer sex. Hey, there's some kids in the st- there's some there's some girls in the store. I've seen them. Are they? Yeah, I think they're oh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're always like playing magic or something. You can't play learning magic. Oh, <laughs> you're learning magic. <laughs> No, Cord trying to teach me uh, that one day. Cord is trying to teach you magic. Yeah, he was born. So you want to learn magic? I'm like, why not? Game Tell you what, like another hour. How, how how did you do? Oh, I beat him. Oh dear. <laughs> cool. Right then. Yeah, uh, I believe it's your turn to go to the uh, Amherst Hotel. Are you ready to go? Yes, ma'am. Okay, you can carry my bag for me. Um, what? I can't walk down a main street in New York carrying my own bag. It just doesn't look right. They're not very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Daddy said that you were to do everything I asked. Amazing. Oh, I might not have told you, you that. My daddy lets me do anything I want. We go for the hotel. That's why you have a limo. <laughs> yeah, we've got out of a limo in front of the hotel. I've just got that little bit of street across. That's what I'm talking about. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the limo driver's like, oh. Again. Ah, <laughs> oh, Miss Tatton Brown. The doorman opens the door. Hello, Alfred. Nice to see you again. You don't know who the hell he is. He's <laughs> obviously seen him in the social papers. <laughs> I'm just saying, hello, Alfred. Nice <laughs> he, to see you. He nods to you and points towards the desk. Thank you. I'll swish in with my. Entourage yeah. one. <laughs> One, yeah. one disgruntled employee. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like size 18 or something ridiculous. You have no problem carrying me bags then. 14. 14. That's, yeah. And mine's an 8. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bitty man. <laughs> little bitty man. My Amazonian warrior. 
That's what happens. They throw me across the room and they look at their arm and they stick a dynamite tape to it. Like, boom! Well, that's how they get the dynamite into small crevices. Stick him in there. He sticks his arm down and puts it in. So, ah, Miss Sutton Brown, I understand you're on the interview with Mr. Mr. Starkweather. Yes, are they ready for me now? I'll give them a call, but yes, I suspect they are. If you want to catch the lift over there. Okay. Fifth floor. Can you have your man carry my bags, please? Yeah, he's staying with us. Uh, yes. He's not staying in two apartments, he's staying with us. I like the penthouse here. Okay, that's fine. We'll get it cleaned up here. It'll be ready for you when you come out of your interview. Probably good. Because you're um, I thought I had the penthouse. <laughs> are you sharing the penthouse? <laughs> There's two penthouses. One looks north and one looks south. I got the north one. Um, is your uh, your um, lady staying with you? Um, are you staying here? Might as well. Do you have a room for her? I can find one, madam. Okay, put it on Daddy's tab. Of course, madam. Thank you. Here's your key. And yours. Fifth floor. Totally good. I'm being English, sorry. That's fine. I didn't say that Daddy wasn't English. Daddy can only global be English. It's very true. It's the only way. It's the only way these colonials will get any decent news. <laughs> I've seen the BBC kicking around that whole. Um, As an American, you clearly haven't a bloody clue what's going on, and therefore the BBC are coming to save you. Kind of attack on uh, BBC <laughs> America. Like the news that they on BBC America, they're, they're starting to do proper BBC news. <laughs> it's Jim making Jim. Yeah, that's cool. Either that or he's um, making uh, Soprano. <laughs> yeah, the people who listen to this are going to kill us because there's going to be this little what? jingle in the background and they're all going to start humming it like they, they do. Oh, no. I did, I, did, I did something awful. One of the Christmas ordeals. We always do a Christmas special. I popped the cat. We always do a Christmas special. And um, a Christmas special one year, I put jingle bells really, really quietly played on um, sleigh bells. So it was like... The whole way through the audio, just just really quietly in the background. It wasn't quite subliminal. It was loud enough that you could hear it, but not quite. You didn't register it for a while, and then you wondered why for six weeks you were humming jingle bells. We should still try that during the game. Yeah, it's funny. Yes. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, oh, Miss Tattenbrown, and um. Uh, Wellbridge, Ms. Wellbridge. Um, do come in, do come in. Thank you. Do come in. Would you like um, something to drink? It's rather rather warm. Perhaps uh, an iced tea or that would a be water? Lovely. An iced tea would be fine for me. Iced tea. Ms. Wellbridge, uh, gin? Beer? Your gin? Beer gin? <laughs> iced tea, please. Iced tea's fine, yes. Goes and jingles away in the corner. <laughs> I would her shot of vodka. Hi there. Um, Jenna, yeah? Miss Brown, yeah? Brown would her. Yeah, Jenna. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Nice Starkweather. Pleased to meet you. It's very nice to You're John us for our little expedition. So, have you had much experience up in Arctic conditions? Have you? Yeah, I'm an adventurer with you, I'll have you know. <laughs> how many times have you been to the Antarctic? Well, I've never been to the Antarctic, but I'm a man and I've been adventuring. Well, I've, I've done my research. I know an awful lot about the Antarctic. Very good. It's, it's very useful. It's all good. Are you all right to, to carry things and lift stuff and dig out shelters and, you know? 
Pitch That's tents? That's what I'm, I'm taking my uh, assistant to help me do. Oh. I thought Miss Welbridge was the photographer. Yes, I am. She's also my personal assistant. <laughs> ah, I see. Yeah, your father didn't say that. But your father pays well. Oh, yes. He said I could give you this. Ah, thank you. Ah, very good. All settled. He hands it to uh, Professor Moore, who hurries it off down uh, into an envelope. Money for food! going to die. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have to say, I have some reservations taken, well, fairer sex up, um, well, down in the Antarctic. Well, it's like this, Mr. Stark, brother. It's that, isn't it? That's yes. I had a mind for Yes. Um, I'm famous. I'm very well liked. I'm a published journalist. And if you take me along, then I'm going to increase the... Uh, Social respectability of your expedition, not to mention give it that star quality that it's clearly lacking right now. Bloody hell, Mrs. Uh, Miss Tanbrown. You are right, I, I have to agree. It will be useful having a journalist on board. And, uh, it's not just my journalistic skills, it's my uh, contacts within society, and also the fact that I'm clearly a very attractive woman and will look very good on the photographs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's your appearance? My daddy says I'm beautiful. What's your appearance? 13. Oh, oh, I'm rivaling you with an 8. <laughs> oh, my. I'm doing What was yours? 13. Mine's a 14. You're a very pretty man. Yeah. <laughs> my daddy says I'm pretty. You're tall, you're tan, blonde hair. Looks like Batman. I'm a very pretty wild. man. Then you go to jail and you're like, I'm tall, blonde hair. A very pretty man. A very pretty man. <laughs> That's crap. <right. laughs> That's funny. Yeah. She's going to um, disappear. All right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Look at her. <laughs> what, what? Are you married? What does your husband think of this? I'm not yet married. Ah, is Ms. Wellbridge married? Ms. Wellbridge? I don't know. What, what, what no. is your... No. She hasn't met a no. deaf person yet. There's, uh, there's not going to be any niceties. I don't think she's the marrying type. Uh, you do realize that there ain't no niceties down there. Her. Antarctic's really harsh. There ain't no. He was talking to me at the time. No shops or nothing. I know. I know what hardship is like. I've been to New Jersey. Yeah. You may have to uh, change your linens Positive every day and with, with in a room with thirty unwashed men. Are you all right with that? Hoppy, hoppy. <laughs> Mr. Starkweather, I expect you to provide at least some modicum of uh, respectability for me and my travelling companion. It is in your best interest, because you wouldn't want me to report back that we've been treated unfairly, would you? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea where this is coming from. <laughs> I'm really pissed off that I'm being like sexist again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, um, all right, Miss Tanbrown. Uh, we'll we'll do what we can. <laughs> Did I just beat the down? He's supposed to be really like, yeah, women are shit, and <laughs> fuck off you women. And, and, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, Leave hey, super buddy. bad alone, super bad David. You're such a bully. Do you like it if we push super bad? No, it's funny. She tried to climb over my hand, so I did this. <laughs> And she didn't know there was a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't get over. 
Because <laughs> every time she looked down, I just do that. Oh. You raised your armpit. Public smell. You probably like knocked her into a daze. No, it smells like my deodorant. Okay. Man sweat XL. That's um, the reason they made deodorant. I think I'll uh, leave you uh, to your uh, debating now. If you would like to talk to my assistant, I'm going to go and freshen myself up for I have a party to attend in a, in a few hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, Miss. Let me know about your decision. Of course, Miss Dunbar. Try not to keep me waiting too long because they have a very busy social schedule. Y- yes, Miss Dunbar. Thank you. Schedule. 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 <laughs> oh, did I say it wrong? Yeah. Schedule. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> You leave. Oh, <laughs> shiny. I can't get over that one. I'm told that you what can't. I said I got told off <laughs> by saying pecan. And the person I spoke to went, pecan? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying I know you can't read. Help, Chuck, pecan. Do you mean pecan? <laughs> Apparently, I'm not allowed to say pecan. I would say pecan. Pecan! 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 Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a tribute to Fat Bill. It's Fat Bill's note. Pecan! <laughs> yes. I've decided I'm not going to order anything with pecans in it now. I'm just going to order other things. Because I refuse to say that pecan. Pecan! <laughs> I, love, I love the tone that comes pecan. with that. I refuse to not say silent letters. What? What silent letters? Like in front of pneumonia and other little words that just annoy Herb. Like herb, yeah. Okay, it had chips and it said with herbs, H E R B S, and she's like, it's herbs. I'm like, then why is there an H? You don't say the H, then why is it there? You don't say the H because you blew up in America, you weirdo. Herb, herb, herb. I just don't understand why they don't say the word. Why? It's like we don't say it because it's a silent letter. It's not a silent letter. Why is it there? It's not a silent letter. It's just an American pronunciation. So far, no one's been able to answer me why it's there, because there's no grammatical meaning for it to be there. In the North, a lot of people say herb. I've heard heard it in New York. That's because there's an H there. Well, everywhere else in the world says herb. A little Kirkendall. There's no R. (laughs) Anyway. I I sense lots of long ranting to himself in his bedroom (laughs) while he's making his balls red. (laughs) Solitary ranting. Please don't we'll get it, it gets excited. Yeah. Okay. So, um, here's Wellbridge. <laughs> You're, um, join us with you, Miss Tattenbrown's assistant. <laughs> no, I'm just a photographer coming along to take the pictures. Yeah, that's what her daddy said. You do realize that you'll be getting changed in front of a bunch of sweaty old men? Okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to be awful cold, and it's going to be a lot of work. And, uh, well, what we ain't going to be carrying your load. And it looks like you're going to be carrying Miss Tattenbrown's load. No. Well, you may want to talk to her about that. If she needs help, yes. Well, I think she'll have to toughen up an awful lot, but her daddy's paid. I've just made you push your pants. Yeah, well, <laughs> perhaps in a social setting you might outwit him, but he's an idiot. Her daddy's paid an awful lot of money for you to come. Uh, to be honest, the interview's more of a formality for you. So, uh, I guess you're in. Do you have any questions? No. All right. September. We're going to be leaving. We're going to be meeting. I understand that uh, from the guy at the desk downstairs that you and Miss Tanton Brown are staying here. Yes, we are. Right. Well, September time, everyone's going to be coming here. 
and we're going to be preparing the boat and getting ready to go. We're all going to have to pitch in. It's going to be some dealing with the press, but I got to thinking that uh, possibly Miss Tatton Brown and myself would be doing most of that. Oh, I have to find be in front of the press. To be quite honest, I don't really trust her to check the food and the supplies. <laughs> For some reason, there's a breeze only blowing on your hair, but nobody else's. Yeah. <laughs> he's scuffed. He's scuffed blowing out here because it's got a wire in it. <laughs> it's it's stuffed doing this straight. I could do that to my mum's scarf. I'm really confused. <laughs> she puts it on and she's like, what? <laughs> Stop it. Um, so, yeah, um, if you have any questions, do feel free to get in touch. But to be quite honest, I don't think they will have any. We should sort everything out in September. And uh, I guess welcome aboard. Thank you. Yeah. i just like to say, I do have some reservations taking some women to the Antarctic. I think that's going to cause more problems, but Jenna's daddy was off. I forgot that because I've been slowing you down. Yeah. Jenna's daddy was awful insistent, and to be quite honest, we do need the money. So, welcome aboard. I hope you have a good trip. We will. Cool. Thank you for coming. Bye. <laughs> Can't believe you bitch slapped Starkweather. <laughs> you allowed it. I, well, he could have re- retorted. He could have retorted, but he was a bit taken aback by your tirade. I didn't tirade. I told him how it was going to be. Not a tirade at all. It was a statement of fact. It's not your expedition, Mrs. Right! It wasn't. You all know what you're going to be doing from... Well, no, it wasn't. It's now July. You have until September. What are you going to do? Well, I'll be showing up at that party she just mentioned. Yep. Yep, yep. (laughs) I'll be Um, looking for a cheap place to live. Very good. You you check out a couple of the boarding houses. They look all right. There's one of them that's just off Manhattan Island in Hoboken that um, is okay. You can catch the little somebody, ferry across. I saw somebody die in Hoboken. Did you see someone die in Hoboken? I remember the guy in the um, ferry thing. He was laid out on the floor with paramedics and resuscitated. Nope. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. No. I saw a wrestler die once when I was a little kid. Oh, but that was nice. Yeah. My par- <laughs> I was in Blackpool and my parents decided we were going to go see wrestling because Big Daddy was wrestling. He's a big famous English wrestler. Oh, he was. He's called Shirley Crabtree in real life. And, um, He's a big manly wrestler called Shirley Crabtree. Shirley Crabtree. And, um, and the, guy, the guy he was fighting had a massive heart attack and died right in the middle of the ring. Oh, no. <laughs> Did Big Daddy win on by default? I think everyone was like, oh, my God, that guy's dead. Uh, yeah, it was a great thing for my parents to explain to me what happened to the guy in the ring. Oh, he's just gone to sleep. He was very tired. Yeah, I think I was old enough to realise that he was actually dead. But he was like, oh, oh, oh. He was a big fat guy. I worked in the nursing home and I've laid out their body. Actually? Like, somebody that had like their limbs all like bent like that. So, yeah. You can always work for rigor mortis to subside. No, it wasn't rigor mortis. Oh. It was something horrible, yeah. muscle, nasty, yeah. tendon shrinking disease. Mm-hmm. That she was called Ruby, incidentally. Poor old Ruby. They had to break her apart and flatten her out. Fantastic jobs. <laughs> yeah. If I die in America and get buried here, please don't make them put makeup on me. You're not getting buried here anyway. Thanks. 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll just throw it in the water. Please, please don't let them put makeup on me. Jammed don't up let in them the put formaldehyde we'll in me. We'll fry you and just throw you in the water. Is that the Texan way? I won't let them burn. Fry them and chuck them back. I read, a, I read a horror story once that put me off being burned for life. About a, it was like a short story about this doctor who thought his wife was cheating on him, so he arranged um, like drugs her, and everybody thought she was dead because he was very clever. And, and then she woke up during the cremation when her mouth was sewn shut and her eyes were shut, sewn shut, and she could feel her eyeballs melting. And oh my god, the idea of being cremated now makes me want to vomit. Cremation. Well, it's pretty nasty, really. Cremation, isn't it? Think about it. Because you don't. I want to get wounded. You, can't, you don't all turn to dust. Yeah, you're you're kind of like bones when you come out the other side, and they kind of shuffle you into a blender yeah. or a grinder and grind you up. So there's kind of bits of like your bone and bits of some of the guy's bone that was left in the grinder and bits of hey, eh? sorry. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all good. It's all lovely stuff. I believe so. in the natural way. I want to return to the earth and be worm food. As, as it should be. As it should be. Yeah. And then there will be bones for archaeologists to dig up and go, oh yes, she led a very exciting life. She did this and this. So we throw you in the middle of a desert so when they dig you up, they'll be like, oh, I want, oh. I want to be posed in some really peculiar fashion with like some really some, weird stuff. Some like disco me. pose or something. <laughs> so that, so that, that, like, they make up this big, long, elaborate story about me that's not true at all. <laughs> Doing do like the pointy dance, so patting the dwarves, so. Yeah. Feeding the pigeons, or some of the disco move. Or get buried with a load of extra bones. <laughs> and I can't figure out why. <laughs> like, hmm, and put the bones in like wing form, so it's all like you look like you had wings, and you bury it like that. That's funny. They dig you up, and it's like, oh my god, we found an angel! Oh. And then someone who knows you is all like... <coughs> oh yeah, because there'll still be people that know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're going to yeah. be ultra famous. You take this, this bone here, this bone here, take all those away, carve that to a point, and put it right there. <laughs> he thinks you're a devil. I know he's a big meanie. You are nice, my darling. So you have some months in which to do stuff. Lucky you're sitting over here, David. I've stored them up. And yeah. One day, you got, not too distant future. She's going to ask you. I'm going to. I am going to make you wish that you and I had never been born. <laughs> Stop licking the floor, you strange cat. Super bad. But it tastes like a floor. It's never tasted floor before. It's only been around like days, literally. How tiny you super bad. Aww. I swear to God, if there's a pee stain where that thing just jumped, I'm gonna laugh. Oh, was that a napkin? Get it, super bad, get it. We're stalking it. Oh! 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 He's so tiny. He's making fantastic audio. <laughs> Everybody knows that cats interrupt audio. It's one of the, one of the things they yes, do. Yes, but it, it, normally they don't interrupt. No, oh, sorry. Small and cute. <laughs> you two, um, <laughs> Ms. Tatton Brown and Mr. Watkins, socialise. Um, as, as the days go by, the interest in the group um, becomes greater and occasionally you'll find photographers taking a picture and asking a few brief questions about the expedition and why you're going and how come you're on board and all that sort of stuff. I saved the expedition. Without me, it was going into financial ruin. Thank you, Sam Brown! Yeah! You get a lot of media attention. Daddy ensures this. 
Oh, yeah. You go to all the same parties and see all of this, but you're also getting your picture taken. Eventually you realise you're both going on the expedition. <laughs> well, I knew she was. I know you knew. Who are you again? Uh, should, I, uh, should I know you? No, you shouldn't. That's good, because I really don't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's funny. No, you but uh, you seem to be well. Uh... <laughs> Says the voice from the sofa. I love that. Undown. Big watermelons. That was my inner voice coming out. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Internal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's so his conscience. Super bad, you're really super bad and throwing up the napkin I gave you. <laughs> super bad. What was, you almost hit Vecna with a ball. Nope. You really should learn to put your balls away and stop playing with yes. them. On the table at least, yeah. They no, wonder, no wonder they're red. So I, when, at the party I walk over and give her a glass of champagne. Well, it seems we're stuck together on the trip. Oh no, he's going to try and sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to turn into the movie Knocked Up in the Arctic. <laughs> and you obvious, obviously need to be warmed. <laughs> Spooning. <laughs> You're quite pretty, aren't you? 14. It's not, he's not hideous. 18 max, I think, for a parent. I start giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> He's such a charmer. <laughs> Go there. Apparently, the best way to stave off frostbite uh, and pneumonia is uh, body heat. Naked yes. body heat. <laughs> skin on skin is definitely the best. The 1930s, you big tap. <laughs> Obviously, with 14 layers of underwear on as well. <laughs> Well, considering the amount of uh, clothes that we'll have, we'll have plenty to put on top of us. I'd like to see you have sex in an oxygen tent. I really would. <laughs> oxygen tent. We'll use it all up. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> you see the tangle. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. The friction doesn't create a spark. <laughs> Sky rockets like in flight. Yeah. <laughs> you can just put a corset on me and I'll take up hardly any breath at all. <gasps> That's so funny. Ooh, Captain Jack will have to jump in the water, pull you out, and cut the corset like in the movie. Which movie's that one? Which movie's Captain Jack in? Yeah, which one is it? First one. Alright, I can't say that. I've seen the third. I haven't seen the third one. I heard it was shit. I thought it was talking about Doctor Who, and I thought it was right. Doctor Who film. You two socialise, you get it on, probably. We do not. No, you don't. Not you, tease <laughs> you tease each other. Um, you two do stuff around New York. Photographers take pictures of you and interview you very briefly about your experience. They try to get personal details on you, where you trained, all that sort of stuff. Your photographs and pieces of your art get published in newspapers, um, all that sort of stuff. These are the pictures we can expect from a photographer, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
Just as an aside, I have a handout for you, which um, I think the best way to do it is to read a paragraph and pass it round. So, as, it, as it's quite long. <laughs> so this is... We started this thing about reading stuff out, and we're going to have to continue yep. it out. This is What the World Knows About the Miskatonic University Expedition to the Antarctic, 1930 to 1931. So this is common knowledge about what happened on the previous expedition. That is Miskatonic, I can't read out. It's, 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 been, it's been previously, this has all been published in the papers and it's generally common knowledge. So you can start with the first paragraph and then pass it to him and then pass it around. Most of the following came to the world via the Arkham Advertisers, powerful radio installation at Kingsport Head, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> you got a cushy little power. I'll get the freaking long one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do that one. I can do that if you like. The expedition landed at Ross Island and the Ross Sea. <clears throat> After several tests. <laughs> Come on, I'm keep sorry, it in. It's else. an awful long piece. We're going to be here all night. After several tests of the drilling gear. Yeah. And tips. Shut up. You do realise he's going to be at, like, 6th grade reading level by the time we finish this adventure. (laughs) (laughs) And trips to Mount Erebus and other local sites. The land party (laughs) consisting of 20 men and 55 dogs plus gear assembled assembly... (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday! (laughs) Keep it in. Decorum, darling. Symbol that a semi permanent. Permanent. Boing. Camp on the barrier not far away and readied their five big Dornier aircraft for flight. Give it to me. Give it here. Give it here. <laughs> We're never going to get this done. I'll read it. I'll read it. I'll read it. No, it'll get back to me and those will start laughing again. Your accent needs to be Morgan Freeman while you do it. Morgan Freeman. Using four of the aircraft, the fifth being held in reserve. <laughs> I can read, Rita. <laughs> Established a second base camp on the polar plateau beyond the top of the Beardmore Glacier. Huh? Oh, you look sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering what it said at the bottom. The. <laughs> Actually, it says more food, so oh, okay. you're retarded. I can't even see that fast. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Get reading. I can't remember. Okay, I can read this. Um, Do you want me to read it? I can see and read. I was doing well. Let me yeah. see. <laughs> I don't think I did any better. Um, oh, I think my teeth are kind of spatting. Make me some more tea. <laughs> All right. Oh, Thank you. That's that, the Lynn. Lynn, team you. Four of the aircraft, the fifth being held in reserve at the barrier camp. The party established a second base camp on the polar plateau beyond the top of. The Beardmore gla- Glacier. Latitude 86D 7M. Longitude East 
D23. This is the summary. The, the actual details of that big book I'm reading. And did a lot more drilling and blasting in that vicinity. During December 13th through the 15th, 1930, Pavodi, Gedney, and Carroll climbed Mount Nancy. Or Nansen. Nansen? Nansen. Many fascinating fossil finds were made using the drill rig. On January 6, 1931, Lake Dyer, Pavodi, Daniels, and ten others flew directly over the South Pole in two aircraft, being forced down once for several hours by high winds. Several other observation flights were made to points of less noteworthiness during the week before and after. The published plan for the expedition at this point was to move the entire operation eastward another 500 miles in mid-January. For the purpose of establishing once and for all, all weather Antarctic was one continent or two. The public also received word during the period that Lake, the biologist, campaigned strongly for an expedition to the northwest before moving the base camp. Therefore, instead of flying west on the 10th of January, as planned, the party remained where it was while Lake Pavodi and five others set out via sled to probe overland into unknown lands. This expedition lasted from January 11th through the 18th and was scientifically successful and marred only by the loss of two dogs in an accident while crossing a pressure ridge. During this same period, many supplies and barrels of fuel were airlifted by the others up to Beardmore Camp. Let me to carry on while he tired. <coughs> the expedition's published agenda was changed once again when it was decided to send a very large party northeastward under Lake's command. The party left Beardmore by aircraft on January 22nd and radioed frequent reports directly to the Arkham for rebroadcast to the world. The party consisted of four planes, 12 men, 36 dogs and all of the drilling and blasting equipment. Later that same day, the expedition landed about 300 miles east and drilled and blasted up a new set of samples containing some very exciting Cambrian fossils. Are you going to get excited about Cambrian fossils while you're up there? Late on the same day, about 10pm, Lake's party announced the sighting of a new mountain range far higher than any heretofore seen in the Antarctic. Its estimated position was at latitude 76 degrees 15 metres, longitude east 113 degrees 10. That's minutes, isn't it? Not metres. Minutes. It was described as a very broad range with suspicions of volcanism present. Vulcans. One of the planes was forced down in the foothills and was damaged in the landing. Two other craft landed there as well and set up camp while Lake and Carroll in the fourth plane flew along the new range for a short while up close. Very strange angular formations, columns and spiracles were reported in the highest peaks. Lake estimated the range peaks may top 35,000 feet. Dyer called back to the ships and ordered the crew 
there to be re- to ready large amounts of supplies for shipment to the new base, which would have to be, uh, which would have to be set up in the foothills of the new range. January twenty third, Lake commented on the likelihood of vicious gales in the region and announced that they were beginning a drilling probe near the new camp. It was agreed that one plane would fly back to the Beardmore camp to pick up the remaining men and all the fuel it would carry. Dyer told Lake that he and his men would be ready in another 24 hours. The rest of that same day was filled with fascinating, exciting news that rocked the scientific world. A borehole had drilled through into a cave and blasting had opened up a hole wide enough to enter. The interior of the limestone cave was a treasure trove of wonderful fossil finds in unprecedented quantity. After this discovery, the messages no longer came directly from Lake, but were dictated from notes that Lake wrote while at the dig site and sent to the transmitter by runner. Into the afternoon, the reports poured in. Amazing amounts of material were found in the hole, some as old as the Silurian and Ordovician ages, others as recent as the Oligocene period. Nothing found as more recent than 30 million years old. Fowler discovered triangular stipple prints in the Comanchean fossil stratum that were soon that were close cousins to one discovered by Lake himself. What? My nostril is being licked out. In Archean slate, <laughs> elsewhere on the continent. <laughs> Good job there, super bad. Get on in there. Super super bad. Get that looking. snort. <laughs> Good one, super bad. They concluded that the markers of those, the makers of those tracks were members of a species of, radi- of radiant that continued significantly unchanged over 600 million years and was, in fact, evolved and specialised at that time not less than a thousand million years ago when the planet was young and recently uninhabited for any life forms of normal protoplasmic structure. The question arises when, where and how that development took place. Doing well. Later that evening, <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Orendorf and Watkins... That's your dad! <laughs> Orendorf and Watkins discovered a huge barrel-shaped fossil of wholly unknown nature. No Mineral worries. salts... No, holy. <laughs> he actually went back to it. <laughs> well, it, it had the bleach over here. Like, what now? Menophos. <laughs> mineral salts apparently preserve the specimen with minimal calcification for an unknown period of time. Unusual, unusual flexibility remained in the tissues. Though they were extremely tough, the creature was over six feet in length and seems to have possessed membraneous fins or wings. More detail given. Too much for, for this synopsis. Yeah, it's like four pages in the actual book. Given the unique nature of the find, all hands were searching the caves looking for more signs of this new organism type. Cool. Close to midnight, <laughs> Lake broadcast to the world that the new barrel-bodied animals were the same creatures that left the weird triangular prints in fossil strata from the Archaean to the Comanchean eras. Mills, Bardreau, and Fowler found a cluster of 13 more 
of the specimens about 40 feet from the entrance. In association with a number of small oddly shaped soapstone carvings. Several of the new specimens were more intact than the first, including intact head and feet <laughs> samples that convinced Lake that the creatures were his track makers. An extremely detailed anatomically description followed at this point. Lake intended to dissect one, then got some rest and see Dyer <laughs> and the others in a day or two. With gold fingers. <laughs> I'll take it. January 24th, 3 a.m. Lake reported that the 14 specimens had been brought by sled from the dig site to the main camp and laid out in the snow. The creatures were extremely heavy. You snot. Shove its tongue up her nose. <laughs> I kept very quiet. Thanks very much. I was licking my boob and it's made it all wet. Oh, super bad. <laughs> the creatures were extremely heavy and also very tough. Lick began his attempt at dissection on one of the more perfect <laughs> specimens, but found that he could not cut it open without risking great damage to the delicate structures, so he exchanged it for one of his more damaged samples. This also gave him easier access to the creature's interior. More details, vocal systems, very advanced nervous system, exceedingly foul smell, weird and complex sensory organs. He jokingly named the creatures the Elder Ones. Last report about 4 a.m., Strong winds rising, all hands at Lake's camp were set to build hurried snow barricades for the dogs and vehicles. As a probable storm was on the way, air flight was out of the question for the moment, Lake went to bed exhausted. No further word was received from Lake's camp. Huge storms that morning threatened to bury even Dyer's camp. At first it was assumed that Lake's radios were out, but continued silence from all four transmitter sets was worrisome. Worrisome. Dyer called up the spare plane from McMurdo to join them at Beardmore once the storm had subsided. January 25th, Dyer's rescue expedition left Beardmore with ten men, seven dogs, a sled and a lot of hope. Piloted by McTie, they took off at 7.15am and they were at Lakes Camp by noon. Several upper air gales made the journey difficult. Landing was reported by McTie at Lakes Camp at noon the rescue party was on the ground safely. 4pm, same day, a radio announcement was sent to the world that Lake's entire party had been killed and the camp all but obliterated by incredibly fierce winds that, uh, the night before. Gedney's body was missing, presumably carried off by wind. The remainder, of the, the remainder of the team were dead and so grievously torn and mangled that transporting the remains was out of the question. Lake's dogs were also dead, Dyer's own dogs were extremely uneasy around the camp and the few remain, remains of Lake's specimens. As for the new animals, the elder ones described by Lake, the only specimens found by Dyer were damaged but were still whole enough to ascertain that Lake's descriptions were probably wholly and impressively accurate. It was decided that an expedition in the lightened plain would fly into the higher peaks of the range before everyone returned home. January 26th. Early morning, reported by Dyer talked, uh, report by Dyer talked about his trip with Danforth into the mountains. He described the incredibly dif incredible difficulty in gaining the altitude necessary to reach even the lowest of the passes at 24,000 feet. 
He confirmed Lake's opinion that the higher peaks were a very primal strata, unchanged since at least Comanchean times. He discussed the large cuboid formations on the mountainsides and mentioned that the approaches to these passes seemed quite navigable by ground parties, but that the rarefied air makes breathing at those heights a very real problem. Dyer described the land beyond the mountain pass as a lofty and immense super plateau, as ancient and unchanging as the mountains themselves, 20,000 feet in elevation with grotesque rock formations protruding through a thin glacial layer and with lower gradual foothills between the, gentle, uh, the general plateau surface and the sheer precipice of the highest peaks. The Dyer group spent the day burying the bodies and collecting books, notes, etc. for the trip home. January 27th, Dyer's party returned to Beardmore in a single air hop using three planes, the one they came in and the two least damaged of Lake's forecraft. January 28th, the planes were back at McMurdo Sound. The expedition packed and left soon after that. That's all in the news. Sorry, that's, that's the, basically the introduction. So all the names are there. You've took loads of notes, yeah? You know what went on? Very good. You have this as a handout for your notes. And on the back page, Lenny died. <laughs> yeah, they went there and died. By winds. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, the... Winds killed them on the mountain. The winds' names must have been Elder One. <laughs> Shh, metagaming. You think there's any Elder things in this entire adventure? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you reckon. <laughs> so, what are you doing? Or are you just mooching around until September? We're mooching around until September, pretty much. Okay. I'll get fitting to my uh, furs. Yep, you're fitted. After about a month. Oh, I'm going to buy snow goggles. Okay. Although, I'll buy her a tiara. <laughs> That's funny. Um, if anyone would like to make me um, some interesting rolls, I've forgotten what I've done. Yeah, I'll make an interesting roll. Let me look what you've got. Make me an idea roll. Everyone can make me idea rolls. A percentile dice to try to get under your idea. You missed it, didn't you? What are you going to do? You've got to roll. you got to roll a... Pretty much that lower than that. I rolled a 52. Roll 10? I rolled a 70. Idea. And your idea is? 85. <laughs> hey! That's a success. That 10? Uh, yeah. Because all idea. zeros is 100. Yeah. The 10 is a My idea 50. is a 50, and I rolled a 52. Nice. I got mine. If, if you get within 10 percentiles, i.e. if you have a skill of 50 and get with 5%, <laughs> or if you have a skill of 70 and get under 7, yeah, that's a critical success. Okay. So tell me if you get that. I got 50 in my idea. But you, some people succeeded. Everyone but David succeeded. Right. You all think it might be a good idea to dig around just to sort of get the general idea about who went previously and what they did and what went wrong and what they saw. I'm, I'm studying the drill. As you go in there. That's good. It's good. You need to know how to work the Pabodi drill. Note, the Pabodi drill. Pabodi drill. The Pabodi drill. One of the people that died was Pabodi. Nope. One of the people oh, no, who came back oh. was Pabodi. I wonder why he is. Is he going to talk to him about his drill? Are you going to talk to him about the expedition? There are people who went recently there that you may Don't want to talk to before going. Just as an aside, you I'm may sure not I'm want to. I'm trying not to metagame because I know this. 
I'm well, I know. To that's why I'm giving you an idea yeah. rule. I'm trying to lead you through the investigation as best I can. That's this why is I have, the only bit that I prepared ready for. That's why I have. That's, that's why, I have, that's why I have things like no an idea and that yeah. sort of stuff. Is if you get stuck or if you get bogged I'm, down. I'm just trying to. Or if I have stuff to give you, I can't can we make do you. luck. I'm actually good at that. No, well, you can do but luck. It's a Seventy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there there are survivors from the previous expedition who are available if you would like to go and speak to them. Or um, who who survived out of Danforth and Dyer? Are you looking? Yeah, no, I can't remember the the report. Is it the news article said that they were the two that went up to the yeah. plateau? Were they did they come back down? I can't remember. They came back, Lake and Lake and Danforth. Oh, is that Lake and Danforth? Yeah, okay. they go up. Yeah. Did they both go? Did they both survive? None of Lake's camp survived. No, you said after the camp was destroyed. Oh yes, they both they both went back. Yes, sorry, that was Dyron. That's what I said. Sorry, my fault. Yes, they both survived. So they are around somewhere, so we can interview... Do you want to make me a um, um, library use check? Mm. To find out who's, about, who's around? My library use is 55, so I've just succeeded. Very good. Of the 22 men who visited Lake's camp, five can be located. The others are dead, missing, or out of touch. Okay. So who's, who's contacted? The five men who you can find are McTie, Pabody, Sherman, Williamson, and Wiley. Sherman, Williamson, and Wiley. So why can't I get hold of Dyer and Danforth if they went home? They're just out of touch. They're maybe not around. They're elsewhere. They're out of circulation. They're not easily located. Um, of the of those five, McTy and Pabodi are the easiest to find. Pabodi is still teaching at Miskatonic, and McTy accepted the radio man's position at the Kingsport Head transmitter station. Um, the other three men, you'll have to do a lot more digging. You have help of a major newspaper? Make me another check then. Another idea? Yeah, no, another uh, library, library use. use. No, okay. Make me another. Make me three checks, one for each one of them. No. Yeah. Alright, you have trouble finding two of them. Okay. Um, the third, Wiley. Wiley mm-hmm. He now works in Galveston, Texas. Ooh. Cool. Well, what was his position in the... Wiley. Yeah. You made me look now, aren't you? Yeah. I can look it up. Sorry. Out of the 30 of them, Wiley was not part of the film crew. It's part of the Lexington expedition. That's your expedition. Not prepared, are you? No, I'm not prepared with the enormous amount of books and stuff. That Where's the flowchart? The flowchart's in this folder. I made a flowchart. Lindsay made a flowchart. <laughs> I wrote out the whole, like, if they do this, then I have to say this, and if they do that, then I say that. It worked pretty well. Yeah, we're going to do something else and it's not on. No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, you were banned from all that business. Hal, Hal was allowed in the past <laughs> purely so that he made you do what I wanted you to do. <laughs> I'll do what I want. Okay. <laughs> you see a monster, what do you do? I say hi. 
I said no, hi. You died. You're supposed to. No, you're supposed to run. <laughs> you were for Wiley. Yeah. He was one of the mechanics. Um, Pabodi? Pabodi was um, the engineer who made the drill. And McTai? McTai was base operator and radio operator. He's also a pilot. Cool. Okay. I have the list of all the members of the Miskatonic University party there. They're all happened to them all. Dead, dead, dead. Dead. Oh, so... What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to contact Mr. Watkins. There we go, Watkins, yes. Mr. Watkins. Mm-hmm. Secretary or something. Um, I'm going to show him that I want to arrange a meeting with him. Okay. And then... Well, you're, you're technically living opposite each other at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm still ringing. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, try and get hold of uh, the other you, person that I've been told in the party. You can get contact with some of these. You can get contact with him through um, Professor Moore, who has details of where everyone in the group is living. So you managed to get everyone together. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? Um, I've been doing some research because I am obviously the most capable of doing this. Are you in your room? Yes. You're all in Lindsay's room. I'm in my like little outer yes. room thing of my suite. No, I'm, out, I'm probably back at home. Yeah. Should you? Yeah. You can stay in the hotel if you want. I can go to yourself. Your I'll hire a room and hotel. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> I don't live there. I just hire a room because I like it. They know me. Um, I've managed to ascertain that there are five people who survived from the last expedition. Well, that you can get in touch with. That we can get in touch with. Um, but only three of them who are very easy to find. Um, but two of them that are very, very easy <laughs> to find. Bodhi and McTie. Um, so we could go and talk to them and ask them what went wrong. And then we could do better and succeed and be very famous. They're both, in, they're both in New England at the moment. Whereas, obviously, you being in New York... Um, Wiley being in Texas is a bit of an issue. You could probably get to New England in a, a while and have a chat with them if you wanted. So, uh, has anybody else done any significant research yet? That's a good idea. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's your speciality then? Mining. I'm very short. I fit under the rocks better. <laughs> Gives him that. You're old enough to be doing this, Murray. Yeah. What are you doing? Good old uh, Murray. Um. So, does anybody have a problem with going to see these people? I think it'd be a good um, bonding experience for us to maybe all take a trip together before we get stuck on a trip together. Great. Let's go ahead. I'd fly us down to Texas. We can go see uh, Wiley. Mr. Wiley. Coyote. <laughs> Wiley Coyote. You may want to call these people first. Oh, is that polite? Yeah, that is considered polite in the 1930s. Why don't you go ahead and contact them? To announce yourself before you land on somebody. Okay. Yeah, that's still considered polite. Who are you calling? Right here. Do a call. Oh, that's it. Uh, I'm calling Pavoni. Okay. Ring, ring. 
Ring, ring. Frank Pabodi. Uh, hello, it's Janet Tatton-Brown from The Globe. Oh, uh, hi there, uh, Miss Tatton-Brown. How can I help you? Uh, I've been informed that you're one of the survivors of the Miskatonic expedition to the Antarctic. And I'm on the current expedition, and we wondered if uh, we could come and talk to you. Yeah, I read they were going back. Using my drills, they say. Yeah. Yeah. You're we're going to pop up and see you uh, tomorrow. Is that okay? Is that convenient? Well, Good. Uh, right, thank you very much. I'll be at the university, Miss Tattenborough. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, Bye. come to my offices. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't being rude to you, but you know, I was trying to do what I was doing. Okay. Okay, good, thank you, bye. Bye. I don't like talking on those telemophones. Telemophones. <laughs> no, it's telephonics. Much prefer the wire. McTie, then. You gonna call McTie? Yes. McTie. McTie. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Kingsport head. Hello, uh, may I speak to McTie, please? Yeah, speaking. Um, hello, my name's Janet Hatton Brown from The Globe. You've probably heard of me. Um, yeah. You were on the original expedition to the Antarctic. I was, ma'am. Um, I'm, cr- I'm in the current expedition, or I'm going to be. I know, ma'am. We're setting up the uh, transmitter for you now. Oh, okay. Would it be possible for us to come and speak to you? Um, yeah. We're, doing, we're just trying to make ourselves as uh, aware of the situation as possible. Is it about the transmitter? Uh, no, just about the general expedition. Ah, you want some, some pointers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. sure, no problem. Um, I'll be at the uh, the transmitter. Or... Okay, the day after tomorrow then. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Rob. That was stunningly exciting. What? <laughs> it's important to do your role playing. So you're flying up to New England then. You're flying to New England. That was really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not flying from England. You saw the picture of the map and we do this then. That's a line drawing flying. You land in New England I'm at sure Miskatonic that. Airport. I'm sure this has got an airport. It's got all kinds of monsters. I've been struck down by the quiet. Oh, don't do it. Hey, tired, Bear. Okay, we won't be long. You arrive at Miskatonic University. It is a big, traditional, old university. You look at the engineering department, at which you're pretty certain Mr. Pabodi will be. Um, he didn't get a chance to tell you this on the telephone, but uh, you're pretty certain he's going to be there. I go to the front of the university and demand that somebody takes me to him. Right away. Somebody, I am. somebody calls a student and they, they scurry off and take you to the engineering department. <laughs> Don't try and find me for the around these places on your own. Yeah. So he's uh, <laughs> you're led into an office. It's quite a small office. There's like four fold down chairs, and uh, it looks kind of it's, it's in the middle of like a one door to one side goes out into the sort of outside world and a corridor. The other side opens up on like a big engineering floor. Um, in there is a, a man, a small stocky man with a broad square face and a bristling white moustache. Um, he looks much older than his pictures that you've seen of the previous expedition. Hi. 
You must be Miss Tatton Brown. I am, yes. We spoke on the phone. Yeah. Um, how can I help you? Uh, so have a seat. Have a seat. All of you. Um, you would be... He looks expectantly at you for introductions. Uh, this is Tracy Watkins, whose father was with you. Oh, my condolences, Mr. Watkins. Uh, this is... Um, I forgot your name again. What was it? Jim Hawk. Oh, yes. This is Jim Hawk. Hey, Jim. Um, apparently... What's what, what it that you do again? Oh, yes, he's a miner. Mining engineer. Yeah. Uh, and this is my assistant, uh, Nicole Wilbridge. Hey. Who uh, do, does photography as well. Charmed. How can I help you then, Miss Tan Brown? Um, you doing a story? Oh, we're going back to Antarctica. Yeah, I heard you were all part of the expedition. So uh, we just... I, I had stark weather in here... Uh, Wanting to check on my drills and anything else that did I Did he not offer developed. you to be part of the new expedition? Well, he did suggest it, but I'm getting on. I'm getting old, and quite honest, I, I don't want to go back. Why is that? I don't think I'll ever go back. Nothing in the world could persuade me to set foot down there again, and I can't explain in any way that you would understand. Try surely me. the storms that killed everybody... Yeah, uh, we're a freak of nature. Yep, those poor, poor men, my friends. It's not a place for us. Mankind is not meant for such a place. Rubbish. Mankind takes over everything and can live anywhere and do anything. Well, you'll see when you get there, I guess. He looks kind of sad, distant. I can't really think of anything to ask him that's really that important. So what do you know of my father? Huh? So what do you know of my father? Well, he went up to the camp with uh, Lake. He was part of that expedition. And, well, as uh, everybody knows, the radios fell silent. When we went up there with uh, Dyer and the rest, well, the whole camp was torn apart by the wind. Everything was destroyed and everyone was dead. We were missing getting his body. Everybody else's was buried up there. Your dad's buried up there. Yes, I know. I hear you're going back to the camp. Yeah. Try and reopen the caves. Where, um... Is it... Are, um... Dyer and Danforth contactable? Because they've been uh, even further in, and it would be very useful to talk to them. Yep, I guess it would. I haven't heard from either of them for many a year. Well, at least two. Um, I think, uh, the university has, uh, Dyer's summary report from the expedition. Uh, it's probably, uh, all of the contact you'll get with him. Okay, that would be useful. Yep. You want to see the stuff that came out of there? The university holds it. It's, uh... I'm sure it would make a few good photographs for, uh, yeah. Nicole here. Yeah, it's over in the geology department. You'll have to get permission of uh, the school, or I can do it for you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you can arrange something for us. I will. Well, we are minor celebrities, so... Yeah, I guess it's only fair you see where you're going. He uh, writes something on a piece of paper, hands it to you. Just show that to them and they'll take you back there. Don't forget, you can buy the summary report in the, uh, the, student, the student bookstore, if you want it. Yeah. The summary report. You don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. <laughs> I'll read it out next session for you. Not long, the summary report, actually. It's not long, it's only half a bit. It's, it's not, not really long. 
No, it's only a summary. It's only a summary. The last summary we had was two pages. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like a thesis. Yep. So, um, you chat to him, he basically doesn't tell him anything more than you already know, other than the fact that he'd never set foot there again, that the poor, poor men, the fools, his friends, uh, man was never meant to go there. Anything else I need to know about your drill? Well, we're going to have a chat while we walk to geology. You walk towards geology. He discusses his drill. You arrive at the geology department. He says, nice to meet you, and wanders off. You show your slip to the guy in the geology department, and he takes you into the back storage rooms, where they keep all the physical evidence and specimens brought back from the 1930 expedition. A few pieces are in cases, but most are in uh, not on public display and uh, are in the back, basically. Consists of a large number of rock shards, core samples, tubes of ice melt from a variety of depths, all carefully labelled, identified as to the source and contents. Many fossilised bone fragments from the cave, um, and there's also a copy of the summary report there as well. If anyone would like to give it a quick skim read. Yeah? The report praises Lake's work again and again, but carefully turns aside from the sensationalism. The Precambrian footprints referred to in the newspaper accounts of the day are identified as the fossilised imprints of some incredibly ancient form of seed-dwelling plant life, similar to the more recent well-preserved specimens found by Lake's party in the fossil cave. These are discussed at length and the remaining evidence catalogued. The specimens are identified from Lake's notes and drawings as large, thick-bodied plants, similar to kelp. Lake's descriptions of the specimens as animals with internal organs is chalked up to scientific error resulting from overexcitement, lack of rest, and possible snow craze. His soapstone carvings are likewise dismissed as unusual water-shaped... Um, water-shaped soapstone fragments. That's a bad sentence. No physical specimens were brought, were brought north... The ones excavated by Lake were reportedly lost when the blizzard destroyed the camp. The remainder of fossil finds, bones and imprints of a wide variety of plant and animal species are well represented in the collection and the report. These paint a fascinating biological history of the Antarctic continent, confirming the notion that Antarctica was once a warm and verdant land and lending substantial support to evidence of continental drift. Dyer is at a loss to explain the disaster at the camp, though his sorrow and regret are very clear. He concludes from the state of the remains that the men of the party would almost certainly have died from the blizzard in any case, but lays the blame for the destruction of the dogs and the dispersal of the evidence upon the person or persons unknown, possibly the student George Gedney, who ran amok during the hours of the storm. The terrible desolation, the cold and dismal conditions, the thin, unhealthy air, the hours of overwork were cited as contributing factors. He discusses the anomalous mountain range in some detail, confirming Lake's broadcast, a broadcast opinion that the great peaks are of Acrian slate and other very primal crumpled strata unchanged for at least a hundred million years. He discusses without analysis the odd clinging cubicle formations on the mountainsides, hypothesises that the cave mouths indicate dissolved calcareous veins and expresses his concern that a model for the preservation of such relatively soft stone in the peaks of such great height has not been made. 
Of the lands beyond the higher peaks, he says little, describing them only as a lofty and immense super plateau as ancient and unchanging as the mountains themselves, 20,000 feet in elevation with grotesque rock formations showing through a thin glacial layer with low gradual foothills between the general plateau surface and the sheer precipices of the highest peaks. There's your summary. Would you like to talk to McTie next time? Okay, as you're tired. And Superbad is purring at the... Rec- Hello, Superbad. Aren't you <laughs> nice? Need a picture of you for the internet, don't we? Because you're going to be a big, big star. Yes, you are. Mainly because you're called Superbad. Wake up, man. <laughs> <laughs> was my story putting you to sleep there, Ned? Ned nearly fell asleep. There's lots of he, reading. He Cthulhu, often, like Cthulhu often starts like this with a lot of We didn't hear information. your motor going, though. Does it not? I heard it is going on. Cthulhu like starts like this. Yeah. With a lot of info. Oh, well, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't hear the good, nice, sweet little motor. Little, little, super bad. Aren't you nice? Super bad. You're very friendly, aren't you? Not, not unfriendly for a pussycat. Yeah, I listen to you. And you'll purr in the ear of the recorder. That would be cool. <laughs> purr in the recorder. There you go. That's it. You purr there. <laughs> yeah. Good old super bad. What? Gonna listen. I'm gonna see if there is any. Yep. Good old super bad. I do. do, do super bad. I know there's something funny in it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sat on the recorder there, super bad. I'm gonna have to stop it. I'm afraid. No. All right, kids. Thank you.